Why are you wearing a baseball hat? Welcome to Baseball Politics. Baseball season. Thank you for joining us. This, no. this show is brought to you by our club members. Hey. By our club members. We got brother Matt Walsh on the phone, all thanks to our club members. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. And if you aren't a club member, you can go to crosspolitics.com. Right. Click join now. Join the club. And, and Matt Walsh, he's in the promised land right now. What? Texas. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh-oh. Wait, is abortion still legal there? It's illegal. It's illegal everywhere. <laughs> what kind of promised land is that? They're working on it. They're working oh. on it. Welcome to the Midweek Fix on Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it's fun to talk to you again. So uh, you've been uh, you've been having some fun lately online. Uh, you had a recent conversation with Ben Shapiro and uh and you know and then you just jumped into the brawl and it and it blows up and uh yeah. and uh particularly the, i mean there's a bunch of fun exciting stuff in that conversation but one of the, the thing that we wanted to zero in on was at one point in that conversation with ben uh you said uh that it 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 it, it causes you uh pain i don't know what the word consternation was. consternation yeah. when flinches. christians <laughs> try to argue with non-christians using the bible um and you said it you know it adds a, an additional barrier uh, to getting them to your position. And just summarize that really quickly. Like, wh- what'd you say there? Yeah, well, uh, of course, we're talking about here talking, if you're discussing a non-theological, non-biblical issue um, with a non-believer. Okay. Uh, so obviously, if, you're, if, if, you're, if the question on the table is, uh, you know, does God exist or uh, did, did Jesus exist or whatever, if it's a theological topic, then of course you're going to have to bring the Bible into it. No matter who you're talking to, um, sure. But if the if the issue is something like uh, you know, I use the example of abortion, um, something like that, or transgenderism. Sure. Now, mm-hmm. of course, we could say that every issue uh, at the end of the day can be a biblical issue, and I would agree with that. But when you're talking about something like abortion, for instance, with someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, um, and you try to use the Bible to prove your point, well, you're appealing to an authority that that person does not recognize as an authority, so that's not going to be persuasive to them. And the problem is if you want to appeal to an authority uh, that that person doesn't recognize, then the first thing you have to do is establish it as an authority. So that's why I say it it creates an extra step, where first, if you want to use the Bible, you've got to first convince that person that the Bible is, in fact, the the Word of God, which is a whole separate conversation you're probably not going to settle uh, that day. Mm -hmm. So instead, if it was something like abortion, it makes a lot more sense to me you can appeal to other authorities, which are which are also God ordained authorities. Sure, God is truth. So science, uh, logic, reason, common sense, our our universal moral understanding that we all have, natural law. I mean, you can appeal to any one of those and make a really compelling case for abortion against abortion. I should say, and and convince people. I've done it myself. You know, I've I've uh, I've had plenty of of uh, formerly pro-abortion people who have told me that I've convinced them by the arguments that I've presented. Mm-hmm. Not biblical arguments, but scientific and common sense arguments. No. And so that's my uh, that's my basic point. Now, Matt, um, that's, that's helpful. Now, would you say, um, just clarify one thing for me real quick, and then I'm going to let Chocolate Knox just jump on you. Well, so, so, so prepare yourself. <laughs> I just got a few uh, questions. But, but no, no, real, real, real quick. It, um, are you saying primarily, are you saying just, um, are you making an argument about what's most persuasive to somebody, or are you saying that the Bible's authority isn't a legitimate authority over an unbeliever? Uh, I, I'm, I'm certainly talking about what's persuasive. Now, I mean, I, I, I of course believe that the Bible is an authority, so 
when you say, is the Bible an authority over an unbeliever, then uh, I guess I'd have to know exactly what you mean by that. But but I would say, I mean, yes, it is. Just like just like God is uh, God is real, depending regardless of whether or not you believe it, right. you believe in Him or not. Um, but if you're if you're talking to someone, if you're debating an issue with someone, then for me anyway, my goal is to persuade them. I really want to convince them of the case that I'm making, especially if it's such an important issue sure. like abortion or something like that. Uh, so I want to actually convince them, and and uh, I know that if I say, well, you know, the Bible says you, you shall not murder, that's just it's not going to do anything. They're not going to care about that because they don't recognize the Bible as an authority, even if it is. They still don't recognize it. And I've used I, I use examples when I made this case. There are plenty of other times when you may not appeal to an authority that that is an authority because you know that the person you're talking to will have a problem with it or won't recognize it. Uh, just like if you're if you're arguing with a liberal and you make a point, they say, "Oh, give me a citation for that point. Where did you get that from?" Well, if you if if you got it from Fox News, you probably don't want to quote Fox News. You pro- even if, <laughs> even if the article on Fox News is true, sure, you probably want to find an article somewhere else that isn't Fox News because you know that they were they're not going to recognize that authority so, on that particular subject. Yeah. So, okay. So, so Mac, I guess the question would be then: if their biggest problem is with the Bible, why wouldn't you make their issue with the Bible? Um, why wouldn't I make the issue with the right. Bible? If, if their biggest issue is that they don't believe the Bible and you are a Christian and you know that they should believe the Bible and the th- Bible has authority over them, why wouldn't you then all of a sudden say, oh, well, here, here's a place that I really should be fighting is on the Bible. Well, because, well, because not, I mean, not every conversation you have with a person is about the Bible, right? I mean, we all have conversations that are not directly from the Bible, um, all the time, don't we? So uh, I guess what you're kind of saying there is that every argument we have has to be to be a theological argument, and I just I just don't think that's true. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that that's true. I don't think that's practical. I don't think that anyone operates that way. I don't think we can operate that way. I don't think that's a that's a a, a constructive way to operate. Uh, and, and also, I think that you can look if someone believes that it's okay to kill babies, and you can convince them uh, otherwise using science and reason and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, even if you haven't mentioned the Bible, you have still put them on the path towards it because you put them on the path towards truth. And you have gotten them, if, if they're going if they're going to uh, come to the conclusion that they were wrong about something as serious as that, then that is going to start a process within themselves where they begin to re-examine their presuppositions, they begin to re-examine their worldview. That's going to happen naturally. You don't have to beat them over the head with it. You don't have to insist that they do it. Um, it will, but you're insisting. Do it if you're insisting. You can convincingly uh, persuade them. You're so insist- sometimes, you know, you, you have to take, I think, a more subtle, nuanced uh, approach to things. But So you have no problem beating them over the head with pro-life, insisting that they be pro-life, but you wouldn't beat them over the head with the very thing that they actually have the problem with, which is the God of the Bible that is life. Well, I don't want to. I, I hope I wouldn't want to beat anyone over the head with anything. I, I think I just want to pre- present facts to them that will persuade them. I want to. I want to speak to a person where they are. I want to. I want to yeah, meet them where they absolutely. are. Absolutely, sure. In yeah. language that they'll understand. So uh, appeal to them using using arguments that they will find persuasive. As long as those arguments are true. Now, I'm not going to lie to anybody. Sure. I'm not sure. going to say something that isn't true just to persuade them. And I'm also not going to, I'm not denying the Bible. The, the point is, if, if, if someone says abortion is okay, and I say, no, abortion is not okay because the, the, the human in the, in the womb is a person, let me explain why. Well, in making that argument, I haven't denied the authority of the Bible. No. I just haven't brought it up. So, so you know, another example I sure. use, a really simple example is, 
uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to convince someone that it's raining outside, right? If they're inside, you want to say it's yeah. raining outside, they don't believe you. Yeah. Well, you're not going to make a biblical argument that it's raining. You're just going to open the curtains and show them. In doing that, you haven't denied the authority of the Bible. It's just, <laughs> it's just that the, the Bible is not going to be the, the, the best way to, to make that particular case in that situation. So, right? so, so, so that, that's helpful, but I want to, so here, this is, I'm a role player, man. That's what I do. And I actually, understand better when we kind of do a little bit of role playing that's why he talks about reparations all that's the why time i want to role play uh-huh. that i want to get you guys comfortable <laughs> saying that so so matt help me out real quick let's role play for a second i'm going to act like a pro pro-choice person and i want you to convince me that i shouldn't actually kill the baby that i'm walking into the abortion clinic to kill right now uh okay i mean i, I don't know if i'm yeah, probably able to convince you in I'll five start, minutes but, i'll start uh, off i'll start sure. off there's nothing wrong with me killing the person in my belly i have no problem having abortion right now um, it's mine. It's my body. You don't have the right to tell me what to do with my body. And I think you should just leave me alone and let me have my own way. Okay. So you acknowledge that it's a person in your womb. I have no problem with that. Okay. So you acknowledge that it's a person and would you say that, that it's okay to kill people or that it's not okay to kill people? I have no problem killing people, especially people who are in my body that I have control over. It's not yours. It's okay. mine. Well, let's let's take a quick pause from the from the role play for a minute. Uh, I, I have to take I have to take. There's one little problem here that the way that you're framing this argument is is not. I've had a lot of arguments with pro with pro abortion people. Almost none of them will actually say I have no problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one. It's uh, legal. It's legal to kill people right now. I, and, well, again, and, the, and I'm not going to be punished for doing so. That, that most so you're using the word people. That most pro abortion individuals are, are not going to use the word people they're not going to say person you know personhood is, is part of the debate here they're going to say that that's not a person they're going to say it's a, it's, a, it's a clump of cells it's whatever sure so then you're okay your first, i have first, your I have, first uh, I have no problem I'm killing sorry, a, i have no problem killing a clump of cells right now okay then from there what i would what i would endeavor to do is if you're starting from the premise that it's just a clump of cells then i'm going to try to demonstrate to you that it's not a clump of cells it's it's actually a person. I don't believe um, that. So, so if if I can if I can show you that it's a that it's a person, then I don't I don't mean to skip ahead here, but sure. There are two basic. There basically when it comes to the pro-abortion position, there are, as far as I can tell, there are two central claims. Uh, the one is that it's not a person, okay, and that's basically a scientific claim that you can disprove by pointing out that it has human DNA. Uh, it was it was it was created by two human parents. Therefore, it is at least a human being. That's a scientific fact. We know that it's living because uh, it has to. Every every object in the universe is either living, dead, or inanimate. And the, the thing in the womb is not dead and it's not inanimate. Therefore, it's living. So we know that it's a living human. And then from there, it's, it's not too hard to, to demonstrate that anything that is a living human is therefore a person. Yeah. And any attempt to remove personhood from living humans always ends in travesty like slavery. I mean, there are many examples of it throughout history. Yeah. So that's basically the argument I would try to make. The next argument is bodily autonomy and saying, well, I have a right over my own body. Um, but from there, you can prove that, well, if you, if you take that, if you take that argument to its, to its fullest extent, um, saying that your, you know, that your, your sovereignty over your body allows you to kill people, you can apply that to, to parents of, of, of children who are, you know, newborns or infants or even toddlers. So, you yeah, know, but they're not in my that's body kind of anymore. The direction I would move the argument. I'm not under any delusion that I could just convince someone in ten minutes that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. But you can move right. them in that direction, I think, 
and get them to reexamine things. I don't see where quoting scripture comes into play here. Yeah, and see, that's where I think that the difference is that I, I think I'm dealing with a person who actually needs to go from death to life, not from pro-choice to pro-life. And so what I want to do is I want to try and convince the person, uh, talk to the person and pray and hope that the, I'm talking to. So, for instance, I think that my battle is with is not with flesh and blood here. I think I have a, a spiritual battle that I'm dealing with the person. So I want to talk and use the weapon of the scriptures in order to be able to communicate to the person Hopefully that God brings life to their heart that they can come to understand the reality of what they're doing. And so when we're having, well, this, I agree, but and so when we have this conversation, I, um, you know, the authority that I want to appeal to is the fact that they actually belong to God, not the fact that um, if if what's in their in, in their in their bodies is um is a human being or not. I have a bigger jump to try and get to dealing with the issue of life and death, not just the pro life jump. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Well, can we? Can we? Uh, I don't mean to flip it around on you, but so can we role play the other way? Can I be the pro-abortion person, and, and then you'll use the Bible to convince me? Can we do that? Sure, that we can. We can absolutely do that. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay, I think that abortion is fine. I'm I'm in favor of abortion. Yeah. Well, you know, here, can't, I listen. I understand that. I know you do, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably some pretty difficult circumstances that you probably had to go through. And I know that you want to kill this human being inside you, but you know what? The God of the universe has beckoned unto you that you would repent and believe the gospel. Because you are under his authority. He's bought the world. It belongs to him. And he says you cannot murder. And here's the deal, buddy. I know that you know that God has called this on you, that you do understand this because the Bible says so. And I know you don't believe the Bible. I get it. But the Bible says that you are an enemy of God in your mind through wicked works. And so what I want to do right now is I know that you don't believe any of this. I know that you don't want to assent to what I'm saying. But I want to plead with you that you would listen to what I'm telling you as it relates to Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sins so that you might be born again. And if you repent and believe the gospel, you will have a new heart with new desires. I'm not trying to get you to believe something and then do something. I'm trying to get you. I'm not trying to get you to assent to a a position. I'm trying to get you to believe the, the Bible, believe in Jesus so that you might have understanding. So I don't think that I can bring you to a place of understanding. I believe that I need to preach a particular message to you that is life so that you will have understanding. And so I know you don't believe it, but I'm grateful that you gave me this opportunity to be able to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, but but the Bible is a book of superstitions. I mean, the Bible says that uh, God says that you can beat your slaves as long as they can walk the next day. I yeah. mean, God sent, God sent uh, bears to kill 42 children, maul them to death. The yeah. Bible says that the Bible says that the, that the Earth preexisted the galaxy. I mean, how do you defend anything? Well, Are you in favor of slavery? Isn't, isn't the Bible? Doesn't the Bible uh, justify slavery? Well, it's a book of superstition. Abs- I mean, there are so many other there's so many sure. other holy books out there. How do you know that that's the right and, one? And, and how do you know that the, that the Quran isn't the right one? Yeah, and so I'm so I'm, now I'm now what I've that's done. That's a good so, question. That, that's a great question, yeah. and I'm I'm glad to have the conversation on the grounds of the Bible now because what so this person for role playing still. See, it seems to me that you have no problem reading the Bible and wanting to understand the Bible and using the Bible as an authority. And if you're going to do that, before you walk into this abortion clinic, you must also know that God says you shall not murder. And so what you're about no, to I'm do— I'm not using it as authority. I'm not using it as authority. I'm, I'm saying that it's a book of— it's you, a want, book of mythology, you want to book try and— Like any other book. Yeah. And it contains a lot of horrible atrocious things. I know. And you can't possibly use it as a foundation for morality. I, when I know. obviously, when I obviously you, condone slavery. I mean, I, how could you possibly use it as a— as a, I, as, a, as a moral book, I think that's a joke. I think it's crazy. I know, I know, I know that I know that you believe that, and I know that you feel that way. And the reason is, is because you haven't been regenerated, and I understand that. And so your problem isn't necessarily. Okay, but then explain, explain to me, explain to me the the passage in Exodus where 
Uh, God says you can beat your slave as long as you can walk the next day. You know, right now, uh, well, how is that? How is that? Okay? Right now, well, what's about to happen with you and what you're about to do? Your your issue isn't with the the problem of exodus and slavery. Your issue was with, with life and death, and what you're about to do is commit murder. That's what your issue is. So if you yeah, want, you so here's that, here, can you so explain here's right the deal. I have no problem wanting to explain any of these things to you. And if you want to come with me right now, we can go sit down and have a Bible study and do this. I would ha- be happy to take you from this abortion clinic into my vehicle, take you to have coffee, and we can sit down. And I can work with you each one of these issues that you have. But the first thing I no, want to... No, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it because I just... I think well, that the here, okay, before... Okay, here, apology. before you go into your abortion, before you go get an abortion, listen, let me tell you something right now. You are about to commit something that's extremely atrocious and that is and is a wicked before the eyes of God. And before you do that, I want to give you this warning. God will judge you. You will face judgment one day before God. But let me tell you something. Well, even fine. even, even if, okay, listen, I know, okay, I know you don't. I know you don't. Listen, I know you don't. I know you don't. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. And I'll give it to you. I know you don't. But I want you to know that even if you do, God can save you from this sin. When you get done with that abortion and your conscience is bleeding because you need the blood of Jesus, because you sinned against God. I want you to know that this crazy man right here who believes the Bible wants you to know that God will save you from your sins and cleanse you of your guilt and give you a home with Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to know. OK, thank you for your time. OK. If I could, I'm going to step out of the role play for a minute. Here. Sure. Go for um, it. In, in my in my now everything that you said, I. I think is, is, is wonderful, and I agree with you. Um, what I was trying to demonstrate here is is that you brought the Bible into the conversation. Yeah. You have op- You have now we've changed the subject. Now we're now we're off. Instead of talking about abortion, uh, where you have so many compelling science based logical arguments that no one could possibly deny on an intellectual level. Now we're off. We're talking about Genesis. We're talking about Exodus. We're yep. talking about slavery. We're talking about exactly where we want the conversation to be. Cosmology, because that's what happens. And that's why I brought those things up. Because uh, that's what happens anytime you throw the Bible at an unbeliever mm-hmm. in an argument that is not really about the Bible. Then they're going to respond defensively by throwing out all those things. And if you don't even have an answer for those, then uh, then it's just going to sound like you know you you you're just a superstitious person. You believe this book of mythology. And so I think in the end, the Bible ends up coming out looking worse so, than it did in, the, in that person's eyes so, before. So, so Matt, so here's I, I just I don't I don't see I don't see what's what's accomplished by giving an unbeliever a platform. I know you don't. to launch all of the all of the all of the okay. torpedoes that I just launched a second ago. Well, because see, this is the the Bible says, and this is something that's really important. The preaching of the gospel sounds like foolishness to those who are perishing. Okay. And so we need to understand, and Paul even said this in Romans, he's like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for that is the power of God into salvation. And so if our ultimate goal is just to make somebody pro-choice to pro-life, we're really failing as Christians when we really need to be proclaiming the message that makes people from dead to life. Okay, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, I, I, got a, I got a question, Go Matt. for it, Gabe. Um, so, Matt, I think... I think what where we stand uh, are you familiar with like presuppositional apologetics yeah i mean i'm, I'm familiar with it uh, i know that that's what we're what we're talking about here. certainly um okay and so yeah. i think part of part of what we're trying to do is when we're talking with unbelievers whether it's about abortion science whatever um we're part of where we part of where we're coming from is that uh, logic and science has no truth, has no basis without the Bible anyways, right? If we believe God created everything, we, that means we believe God created logic, and that means unbelievers can't even use sound reasoning unless they're, unless they're by the um, common grace of God, able to use some sort of logic based off the Bible, whether they realize it or not. 
And so when we get into a, a conversation about abortion with an unbeliever and they say, um, you know, I'm going to walk into the abortion clinic. I'm, I have no problem killing my baby in my womb or, or killing this clump of cells in my womb. And then, and then we say, well, God says no. And then they start throwing around slavery. Um, they start throwing around all these, you know, what Strong, uh, what people believe or what people perceive as problem verses for us, which they aren't. I mean, I'm happy to talk through the slavery conversation with unbelievers on this. But what our response is, you actually can't even say anything's wrong unless the Bible gives it to you as the basis of all truth. Does that does that make sense? Well, uh, I mean, there are a couple, a few problems here. I mean, first of all, with with the with the problem verses that I was, you know, the stereotypical ones I was throwing out there. Um, I believe that there are there are answers to those, but the Absolutely. point is, uh, if if that's if if that's not the conversation, you know, the conversation wasn't about uh, bears mauling children in the Bible, right? Right. right. Uh, when when you give the unbeliever an opportunity to to make that the conversation instead, well, now you've just lost it. You've lost you've lost the argument. You've lost. No, the no I actually think it's going no, the right way now. We're finally I, talking about the that? real crux of the issue, man. I think I think the conversation's finally we turned it to go the right way. Because if I'm just arguing with an unbeliever, or let's say I'm on this neutral ball field with an unbeliever trying to talk about if if killing a baby's wrong or not, well it's just it's just a neutral ball field and, and I've no I've no basis for um being ultimately right in the whole situation. It's just me versus him on this neutral playing field. And if I get him to walk closer to the Bible, whether he's trying to slander it or not or whatever, well, I'm finally getting him onto my playing field and saying, okay, let's, let's talk about what is truth in the first place. You know, is there... Okay, well, so let me... Go ahead. Sorry. Go. Yeah, no, I, a few, few responses here. First of all, um, as I said, you know, for me, the goal in a, in a discussion like this is to actually persuade the person of the case that I'm, that I'm trying to make. Uh, so on a practical level, I just don't think that there's a lot of evidence that the approach that you're advocating really does work at all. Uh, I, I, you know, I, the gospel? I, I, just, I don't think you're going to find a lot of people who are, who are atheists and were at all convinced because someone quoted the Bible. I, I, so I just think on a practical level, there's just really no evidence that it works. But aside from that, which, which I think is a, is a problem, aside from that, uh, you know, I think there's a, a couple, a couple problem mistakes maybe that are being made here. One is that you're equating uh, God and the Bible. Now, I believe that God, that the Bible is the Word of God, but the Bible itself, the book itself, obviously we all agree, is not itself God, right? We're not, we're not deifying the book itself. Um, so to say that, you know, uh, that uh, we all have some innate understanding and, and you can't talk about morality without the Bible, well, no, we all have an innate understanding of God. I believe that. That's natural law. And so that's why you look throughout history, every civilization throughout history, it's that some God concept, which shows to us that there is some innate understanding of that. Yeah. Um, and then our innate moral understanding is rooted in that. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. It's not true that we have an innate kind of understanding of the Bible or that we all innately recognize that the Bible is true. I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, the, the Bible is a, the Bible is a, is a, is a book. It's, a, it's, it's scripture. Um, you have to give people reason to, to, to think that that is the Word of God, to think that it's true. Uh, they're not just going to innately recognize. People don't just come to the conclusion on their own. That's why, that's why Jesus says, go out and, 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 uh, and uh, make disciples make of all nations. You have to go out and tell them. Baptizing, teaching. On their own. <laughs> yeah. And also, if, if we think that you, know, you can't have any of these discussions without the, without the Bible, well, then what the heck did people do? Uh, for the many centuries before the Bible was officially canonized. I mean, the, the, as, as I'm sure you know, 
the Bible in its current form didn't come didn't exist for the for the first few centuries of of the Christian era. So uh, that's not uh, true. Uh, what did people do then? <laughs> were they not able to talk about anything? Were they not able to convince anyone of anything? Did they not have any? I mean, so it just it just even on a historical basis, I don't think that 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 what? that uh, argument. Let me try. Um, let me come oh. at you a slightly different direction, um, making a, a similar point. But um, I, you know, I I uh, I give, I'm a pastor. We have a university here in town. Um, I go up on campus regularly, um, and um, or I have in the past. I haven't recently, but um, you know, talk to people. Um, and and I want you to know, first of all, Matt, that I appreciate some of what you're saying because um, I think it is um, we see in the Gospels. I think we see in the in Paul's ministry. Um, that um, they they do talk about um, they do meet people where they are, yeah. and so I do think there's an a, a, an important sense in which we do we go where people are, we 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 try to meet them where they are, understand where they are, understand their background, understand their concerns, and and so I, I mean I, I I agree with those concerns about being persuasive. I, I just want you to know that first off. Um, but then the thing that um, I'm always thinking about though is um, in terms of. Um, I don't mind doing an argument from science. I do that from time to time. I don't mind an argument from logic. I do that too. An argument from philosophy. I don't mind that. Um, but the one thing that I am concerned about though is I know that the, the fundamental problem with the person is their pride. Um, their fundamental problem with every son, daughter of Adam is that they have made themselves their own God. Um, they, they think that they are wise. Uh, they, they trust their own judgments. Um, and that's, that's pride. And, and the, and the one danger, I think, in reasoning solely from or thinking that, um, science or logic or, um, or philosophy or whatever will be uh, the best thing to bring people along is I think in some cases, yeah, it's, it is the thing that God begins to use to open their eyes and enlighten them to the truth. I think in many cases, though, staying in science and staying in history and staying in philosophy actually only reinforces, um, their, a trust in the word of man. Um, you know, this great scientist, this great philosopher, I trust this man. I trust this man. I trust humanism, basically. And so it seems to me that we have a danger if we, if we never bring the, if we never take the abortion debate to the Bible or we don't take the transgender debate to the Bible. Um, ultimately, we're not calling people to surrender their pride, to submit to Jesus and to say, that's the biggest problem in all of this. The reason why we want to abort our babies is because we hate God. The reason why we want to, we don't want to be boys. We, I mean, boys want to be girls and girls want to be boys is because we hate God. Now, I don't mind the intermediate arguments to some extent. I don't mean that. I don't mind that. But it seems to me that we have to recognize that the biggest problem is human pride, trusting in man, saying, I can be good without God. And so we have to push it ultimately there or else we failed. Well, yeah, I mean, you're using the word ultimately. I, I guess I would agree. Ultimately, it depends on <laughs> what you mean by that. And that's, uh, that's sort of my point, though. That, but when you're talking to an unbeliever, unbeliever about one of these topics, um, we're not at the ultimate point yet. You have to you have to access the argument somewhere. If if to find a starting point, and uh, I would agree with you that pride it li- lies at the root of all evil. Um, so it certainly lies at the root of abortion. But you're not going to convince anyone by telling them that they're prideful and, and, and hitting them over the head with that. I, I don't, I, just, just, just putting it out there and saying, well, this is pride and, and you need to get over your pride. Uh, I don't think they're going to find that convincing. What we're trying to say is, is that the way to get at the pride is, is to lead them to the gospel. So I agree with you 
yeah, we want to start with where they're at in the argument and we want to bring them to the gospel because that's the only thing that will or, expose their pride. Or, yeah, or, listen, I, I, I agree that, that ultimately we want to bring people to the gospel. I'm not saying we don't. So we're, we're in agreement on we're that on the same point. page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about... I, I guess the, the real discussion is, is how do you go about doing that and when is the appropriate time we to got bring them. it up in yeah. a discussion well, that is not directly related to it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I guess also, I mean, I want to... I, I want to leave some room for different um, uh, of vocations too. Um, sure, sure. You know, where like I'm a preacher. I yeah. mean, I'm a pastor. You know, that's yeah. what I do. And so my job is to preach the gospel. And uh-huh. so I, like that's what God's called me to do. I think every Christian um, needs to um, give an answer for the hope that's in them yeah. and not be ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, one thing I want to go back to is you said at one point, uh, Matt, that um, uh, you, you were not convinced of the effectiveness um and and i guess the uh, chalk knocks sort of under his breath kind of replied to you and i wanted to bring it back to you but it seems to me that all the you know western civilization largely in in terms of all the blessings that god has wrought on us in terms of politics and medicine and healthcare and technology and all this stuff is has been driven ultimately though by the preaching of the gospel like missionaries you know think about boniface and augustine and Gregory and, you know, all these missionaries, St. Patrick going to pagan tribes. And as far as I know, what did they do? They preached Jesus and Jesus crucified and risen from the dead in order to make everything new. And these pagan tribes were doing awful, wicked things, <laughs> eating each other. And, yeah. and I don't think St. Patrick was spending a whole lot of time. I mean, I think he you know got to know people and he loved people and he was kind to people. Um, he was human. But I, but I think the history of the church has been Christians believing in the, that the, the biggest weapon, the best weapon we have is the gospel, and the gospel is what transforms civilizations. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with, with anything you said there. I also think, though, that uh, the early Christian missionaries who were talking to pagans were in a different spot um, in that they were talking to people who just took it for granted that there is a supernatural element to life, that there are at least gods of some kind uh, who would not have ruled out miracles. Who, you know, it just they were talking about they were talking to people who um, they could connect with on that level. Um, Evolutionists don't rule out miracles which is, either. <laughs> which, is, which is not which is not what we're dealing with today. I mean, today we're dealing with people who uh, who just reject religion outright um who do not think that there's a supernatural element to life uh and all of that so 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 it's 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 not it's not a one-to-one comparison um okay which is why our approach isn't always the same although again just i'm not saying we should never bring up the gospel to an unbeliever of course we we should and must and and are commanded to but um that doesn't mean that in every situation we lead with it and it doesn't mean that it's going to be the most compelling argument in that, you know, the, the most compelling thing to bring forward at first in every argument that we have with someone. And also, again, I would argue that when you give someone the truth about the sanctity of life, um, you are giving them the gospel without, without saying it's the gospel. And, and sometimes that's the best way to go. Um, and sometimes it's more subtle and, and, and then they can, you plant that seed in their, in their mind and their heart. Sure. And, uh, it will over time sprout. Um, kind of natural. I got, I got just like a couple uh, sh- short questions, and then we'll let you go, Matt. Okay. <laughs> um, one is can, uh, uh, and I'll let you just kind of speak freely. Of this I won't challenge you with this, but one is can can logic exist apart from God? Can logic exist apart from God? 
no, but um, that's sort of a different subject, and that's a different question, yeah, sure. in my opinion, from can, sure. can logic exist apart from the Bible? Um, and I would say that, yes, of course logic can exist apart from the Bible, because the Bible, as I said, in its current form, didn't exist for thousands of years, and, and people were perfectly capable of logic. So I just, that's one of the problems with the presuppositional approach, is that it, it, it seems to assume that the Bible has always been there, and that and that Jesus, when he when he ascended into heaven, just dropped the Bible down into the hands of the waiting disciples. When but, of course you guys know that that's not the case. I mean, this was this but, was something that was compiled and written over centuries. Yeah, maybe. And so to say that just to clarify, without the Bible, means you're that missing people, it. None of them were capable of watching. Yeah, maybe the the clarification though, maybe for you, Matt, would be to say we're not saying um, the Bible. We're saying actually the Word of God, insofar as people had it. So Adam had a little bit of the Word of God. Abraham had a little bit more of the of word of God. Moses had a little bit more of the word of God. David had even more. And, and that's the point we're making. And so, and that word of God was inscripturated along the way so that we knew what it was. Um, so it's not just Bible dropping out of heaven. We're not Muslims. It's, you know, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not talking about Quran just dropping we out of Mormons. heaven. We're Mormons. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I agree with you. It, it was a progressive revelation. Um, the point though is, is that it's, um, it's logic exists because of, because God has spoken. And, and so God's word and logic are consistent and they, um, and they, and, and God's word is what establishes its legitimacy. That's, that's all we're trying to say. And, and, and all, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so I would agree with that. Was, of course, logic can't exist apart from God because nothing can exist apart from God in the first place. Right. Um, so yes, at, at the end I've, of the day, everything does come. This is going to be a long conversation. To that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, um, All right, this is the most important question we've asked, though, and this is really, really important. What kind of scotch are you drinking right now? He's in a car. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm in a car. So no, no, okay. I, I didn't mean. I, I didn't mean this minute. I mean, like, what kind of okay. scotch are you drinking there these you days? How does that become? There the, you go. That's the most important question. Uh, well, you know, I'm more of a bourbon drinker than a scotch drinker. There you oh, go. Like, well, now you and I can agree on something. Uh, what kind of bourbon? Brands? What what kind are you drinking right now? What what kind of drink are you drinking these days? Oh. Looks like well, look at that. Looks oh, like he we, didn't want to answer the question. We lost we lost <laughs> Matt Walsh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it looks like I get the last word. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something, Christian. God made man. He knows how to get to the very heart of the issue of man since he made man. He knows what their problem is. So much so that he sent his son on the cross to die for their sins. And their power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed to use that thing, okay? Yeah, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Use it. And use it. And I'm saying Matt, Matt Walsh is not ashamed of it. No, 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 no yeah. I think in some ways he is. He doesn't want to use it. I think there's some some shame to it. Yeah. Anyway, I think yeah. he might. We would love to have him back on to talk about why he actually doesn't really want to use it. I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah. But he, we lost him. Anyway, until Sunday. <laughs> so we get the last I, word. And then, <laughs> love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Thanks, Matt.